Hey, welcome back to The Great Connect. This is Carrie and Amy. Hi, Amy. How are you today? Good, thanks. I am so excited for this conversation today because we have joining us, uh, Jerry Page Butner, and she, um, I'm just going to say, has been my coach and has helped me get to this amazing point in my life. So I am so excited to, one, connect with her, share her voice for the rest of those listeners, as well as hear what's happening in her world today. So welcome, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yay. Hi, Jerry. I feel very honored because Carrie's been my coach. So you're, we're kind of one degree of separation. So, so you're Carrie's my my coach for officially for, I think the past year or longer. And so you're kind of my grand coach. What? (laughs) I love that. The grand coach, it reminds me of in sororities back in the day. I was never in a sorority, but when you had your lineage. (laughs) This is the lineage. This is the pod. This is the lineage pod right here. (laughs) Great things happen in the coaching lineage. (laughs) I love that idea. And that is hilarious. And, and so awesome, right? Like, I don't know. It's something that's come up for me lately that like, Hey, here's a secret. All coaches have their own coach because we should all have coaches. So <laughs> is that a secret? I don't think it's a secret. I don't know, but it feels like if it is a secret, everybody should know that it shouldn't be a secret. I think I yeah. have three, I think I have three coaches yeah. legit in my life. So, <laughs> and then what came up yesterday is coaching without consent. Cause we can't help sometimes to do that too. <laughs> we were, Carrie and I were with another coach and talking about something. I'm like, are you coaching Carrie right now? <laughs> it's sometimes it's a interesting line or boundary between like friendship and coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, and sometimes you want to like help, but then it's like, oh, wait, I really shouldn't do that. Or like, I ask for like, it's like, do I need to have like a, a disclaimer? this is a friend conversation or this is a coach conversation. <laughs> I think we actually mm-hmm. did that, Carrie, because I mean, I think very, one of the things I learned when I was getting my certification and they were like, never coach friends and family. I was like, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, and I actually had a friend, uh, you know, so anyway, it works for some people, work, doesn't work for others. It worked for Carrie and I, of course, uh, which we're very fortunate. We're very different too. Yeah. We can oh. turn on, we can slip, switch off hats pretty easily. So yeah. I mean, it worked for Jerry and I too. And, you know, I know we've had a couple of lunches where I'm like, this is a friend conversation. <laughs> and it basically means don't give, don't coach me right now. <laughs> no, it's just more like, I also, I appreciate her immensely and all that she offers to me, but I didn't want her to feel like I was taking advantage of yeah. that either. Right. So yeah, it requires like boundaries, but I think they've just been unspoken for us. Like we've been on the same page with it. I think there's also maybe like a mode and I'm wondering with you too as well, if you sense it even in your body, like whenever I show up to a friend conversation, I'm like, Hey, what's up? Uh, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm leaning back. I'm like, they did what? You know, and then whenever <laughs> I'm in a coaching conversation, there's, I'm, I'm holding more. And I think that you can, you can sense that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I love that bringing it back to kind of the body language that is exhibited in those moments. That's for sure. Well, so Jerry, why don't you share a little bit about how you got into coaching and what's gotten you to this point thus far? Yes. 
So I spent a decade on the ladder of life, actually my whole life, because I think the ladder of life starts whenever you get introduced to kindergarten. <laughs> ladder of life, what a, what, I love that. <laughs> it is the prescribed set of steps and motions you are to take. And so I went through it like most people. I think that we're actually required to be on the ladder of life until a certain point. And I spent a decade in marketing and startup and corporate marketing. And I reached a head of marketing role where I was leading at a fintech company. And that was sort of the rung on the ladder where I thought I was going to feel the things I was promised I would feel if I worked really hard and stayed really focused and sacrificed my moments and just put all my energy into this ladder. I would feel fulfillment. I would feel successful. I would feel happy. And it did not happen. Go figure. <laughs> so <laughs> go figure. So I did what anyone would do after they've read the book, Eat, Pray, Love, and <laughs> packed up my backpack and went on a solo trip to Vietnam and Bali and essentially had this awakening experience to the choice that I had in life and to my power to change that and to all that existed outside of cultural norms, the ladder that was pres prescribed to us, and just generally what was collectively most common. And that began a big journey for me about a year, year and a half after I had that really amazing trip in Bali in community with other people. I was solo for part of it. And then I joined in this community and that's when the awakening happened. I decided that I just could not fit the living that I wanted. I couldn't make it work with the nine to five. And so I quit to start my own business. And then two weeks later, it was COVID. <laughs> On my very last day in the office, it was the first day they told everyone to start working from home. And a part of me, not in the moment, but in retrospect, because in the moment I was so like, I didn't even care. I was like, I've been wanting to do this. I've been so drained. It felt like this wash of relief, right? But in looking back on it, sort of curiously, I'm like, dang, if I had just held on for two more weeks, I could have worked from home and made the same salary and built my business at the same time. But, you know, we just can't think that way. And honestly, what I know now that I didn't know then is that I required a healing journey, a rebalancing after in your constant fight or flight mode in order to get to the place where I could start my business. I started out as a marketing coach. That's my experience, which quickly transformed into business coaching. And I've since worked my way into through training and development and coaching the more of the life coaching. So there is this balance of the work that I do that is in the being and also in the doing. There's that strategic pathway advisor part of me, the Virgo son, the you know human design manifester who's like initiating people into their purpose and to creating their dreams. And then there's also the side that is about not sacrificing your moments right now, about being fully present with yourself and your loved ones in your community. And that is actually the foundation of a business that I'm getting ready to launch that will probably be live whenever this podcast gets released. You're hearing it first here, folks. So like, this is the first time I'm mentioning this. <laughs> so, um, are we? I'm hoping we're going to dive into that a little bit more. But 
what's really beautiful. What I heard you say is yes, you could have waited two more weeks and been able to fulfill that or, you know, work from home. But I feel like the universe really cleared that for you. Like that was all supposed to happen just so. And how beautiful is that, that you were able to, um, you know, because I think all of us, if I think about the three of us, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I don't know that even five, 10 years ago, you would ask us, are you going to be a coach someday? We'd be like, no, we're going to continue. Like all three of us were corporate executives in marketing. And so I would have said, no, there's, I don't even know what a coach is. I don't know what that means. So Jerry, one of the things is why do you think that the three of us, uh, the 20 of us, the thousands of us, the hundreds of thousands of us are kind of emerging in this coaching space over the past two or three years, especially? I believe it is largely in part because we need leadership and uh, shepherds mm. into a new way of doing and being that is so far outside of the norm that it's going to take an army <laughs> to get us there. I know whenever I think about Carrie's new community, it's like we need, it's such a beautiful community because we need, we don't have nearly enough. Like in, in a cohort that I'm part of is like 3000. That's not nearly enough for the shape, the shift and the change that we're trying to make. Yeah, it's true, right? There's, there's such a great need for, I love how you said that leaders. I'm just reflecting on what you said, Jerry, of leaders and shepherds. Because your story, while similar to mine, is also a little bit different. And while my story and your story are similar to Amy's, they're also different, right? And what I think the beauty in coaching is, is the ability to help people write their own story and truly understand what that is. And you certainly allowed that to emerge for me. And I think that's an amazing like thing to bring into the world. And so we could have all, everybody could be a coach and it would be beautiful because we'd have conversations just like this, right? Where it's like, we're all hoping to create change and help more people be able to have these beautiful, open, honest, authentic conversations. So I'd love to hear as you're thinking about even how your business has transformed, I'd love to hear anecdotes of what you've experienced and what's caused you to change? Like what has pushed you in the direction of life coaching and then certainly into what's coming next? Mm, good question. I do want to piggyback on something you said because of that part right there. Coaching done well isn't about telling people how to do what you did necessarily or showing them how to live life. It's about liberating them to live life in the way that they choose and empowering their choice and expanding them into the possibility of that. It's um, already inside them. We are yeah. trusted allies and a sounding board to let them, to give them what's really beautiful. What I've noticed already in my short two months of being a life coach is that when I see, and this is part of my business, like, but when I see that spark light up, it's, exquisite. And mm. you, and in that moment, I feel the feeling that they feel. And to your point, it is already inside them. It always has been. We just help to empower it and bring it out. So it, it's full, full force, full capability. Absolutely. It's almost like returning a little bit to 
like the innocence and joy and awe and wonder mm. of your child, like as a child before the world layered all of these limiting beliefs and norms and the ladder before you get on that dang ladder, <laughs> you know, like what was there before? What was the essence of it? And how does that essence translate to adult you? How would you direct that energy now if you had it back? Do you hear the amazing synchronicity of this morning? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see it everywhere, Amy. So it's hard for me not to see it connected. Um, but joy, joy and the ladder. And you bring up the ladder, Jerry, and it brings up something for me that's very top of mind for me and young kids. And how do I keep them off the ladder? And I mm. think what a beautiful sentiment why do we have to get on the ladder and how do we just keep that essence and that inner child and that beauty that is there from the very beginning? How do we bring it back? And also how do we help it not diminish its flame from the beginning? I love that. So tell us you've started, you know, where you knew, and then you've grown into that. What, what kind of inspired you to continue to grow your own capabilities and your interests? Oh, yes. Your original question that I tangented us <laughs> away from. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Just conversation. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so when I began coaching three years ago, I began to see these patterns that are human patterns collectively right now specific to modern day life. And they present themselves as extremes. And so it's almost like the pendulum either swings one way or the other, but is rarely balanced in the center. And those pendulum extremes are, on one hand, the overwhelm, the overworking, the overexertion, being pulled in too many directions, having your energy drained constantly without filling it back up. And then on the other hand, I also see, this is less common, but still very prevalent, those who are either so wounded by being in constant fight or flight, constant overwhelm, that they can't even get themselves back into feeling safe with that more uh, doing energy. And so they've just sort of collapsed into being, and it can be a really beautiful, juicy experience to be there, but there's a resistance to the balancing aspect of getting out there and creating their life, right? And so it kind of can be from like shut down to overwhelm. And a part of why I'm getting into my work with my next business is to get, I've always helped people with this, but to get really crystal clear on the fact that balance is possible and it's the sweet spot and it means something different for everyone. And the way that I truly believe that we access that, I don't want to say the best, but the, the area where we have the most access to that is through the power of presence and through the now. I feel like I'm in one of our sessions. I'm enjoying this <laughs> tremendously, but I think that that's beautiful, right? Because I, I can connect that back to my own experience that you guided me through in moments where I, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything and it felt really, really good. And then almost you get so good in not doing that it feels gross <laughs> to mm. do and like, oh, I shouldn't do, I shouldn't do, but it's not about not doing. It's about doing and being, and can you be really present in that moment? Are there any things that you do to help bring yourself presence? Mm, yes. 
Presence is a funny thing because it is a practice, 100%, and it's challenging to be present all the time. That's not even an expectation I have of myself or other people. If you were present all the time, you would be Buddha, like you would be enlightened, you, you know, like, like that is enlightenment, like absolute pure presence in every moment at its core. And I also, I'll just add, I think there are different layers of presence and a depth that's there. So it's such a fun sandbox to be in. There's just from uh, some practices, as you asked, and just the simplicity of noticing bodily urges. We ignore those. We've been trained to ignore those. You're in fifth grade sitting in your class. You have to pee. Guess what? Can't pee. Class isn't over, so you ignore it, right? Or you raise your hand and you do the whole thing where you have to ask permission and then you go. It's like our lives, we've been taught that we meet our needs based off of what's going on in our environment and then evaluating internally versus operating from an inside out present perspective with ourselves. So even that right there, like, am I thirsty? Am I hungry? You know, am I tired? Like we are out of touch with these things. And that is kind of the baseline fundamental level of presence is like, what do, what is going on in my, my body? <laughs> and what's difficult for those who are so out of touch for the three of us, we're really it's, it's kind of easy for us because we're like, oh, we feel something and we, tr we kind of track that today. When I talk to someone who's super out of touch, they'll be like, Amy, I don't even know where to start. Like I was like, okay, so do you ever have a pit in your stomach? Does your heart ever ache? Do you ever have like a pain in your head? Start there. And they're like, well, that's just a headache. I'm like, mm, it's not just it's kind of a flag to you to say like, pay attention for a second. Something might be amiss. Now, granted, we all get kinds of like being 41, I get some aches and pains. Yes. But there are certain things that happen in my day-to-day -day life that makes me pay attention. And the moment I give it a moment to check in, it goes away because I felt it and I'm able to connect it and do something about it. And there's something, if we allow it to be beautiful about being present with pain, I won't say at the beginning of my journey with presence, but at a peak turning point in my exploration of presence, I lived on this, it can probably be best described as like co-living sort of almost burgeoning commune style thing in Puerto Rico. And it was like next level for me. I was very uncomfortable. It was a huge initiation for me and noticing a lot of things about myself. That's a different story. But I remember we had this communal lunch every day, which I loved. And we just ate like for three hours straight and just, you know, it was wonderful. It's our only big meal of the day. And we would share. And one of the men who was on the grounds shared this experience of how he was working in the yard and got attacked by fire ants and they just attacked his entire calf and of course you know he responded he like got away got the ants off whatever but then he just was instead of being resistant to the pain that had already happened that was his reality he surrendered into acceptance and presence with it and almost ended up having this euphoric experience of like wow like if I can just be fully with this sensation in this moment, it almost transmute it transmutes it or alchemizes it into 
just like life, you know, like how cool is it? And I'm about to get a little bit out there right now, but like, how cool is it that we get to be alive, that we get to taste things, that we get to smell things, you know, like no matter what your religious or spiritual beliefs are, there's a moment when you exist without a body or you don't exist at all. The fact that we have a body, that we have senses, that we can experience heartache and also joy, it's freaking amazing if you really, really sit with it. Absolutely. I mean, yes, all of that. I just, why can't we just experience this and be joyful in the moment for, have joy for all of it, right? That I get the opportunity to cry when I feel sad and to feel the tears and to watch my body have this beautiful expression of sadness. And that can be incredibly beautiful. It doesn't have to be bad. There is no bad, in my opinion, at least, right? Like it's all good beautiful expressions of life, just like being able to taste the food, being able to see the food, being able to touch and feel and experience nature. Like that is, nature is freaking gorgeous when you stop and look at it. Like we're so busy moving that stopping feels really hard. And I think that I feel that a lot while people don't connect to their bodies is because they don't stop. It's always Mm -hmm. going. That's exhausting. How do you both feel about where we want to get back into nature, but also swimming against the current of so much, I'll put in air quotes, progress of modern society? Where do you meet the two? Because I think what we talk about in this time and space is so wonderful because we all get it. Like we all do want to feel what we feel and feel our bodies and resonate with nature. How do we coexist with someone that is still in the, in some, in some cases, those folks who come to us for coaching and try to like trying to connect back with nature or within inward and in of themselves? How do you coexist with those who are on the complete opposite end where they're extremely uncomfortable if they do have a moment with themselves? What does that coexistence look like? Can we, do we talk to each other? Do we not? Do we let them go on their way? Do you mean in terms of like they're expressing an emotion or they're projecting something onto you? Maybe both. Like I'm I'm picturing like a classic kind of um, corporate experience where something doesn't go a particular leader's way and they, so maybe that's like a, a projection or something like that. And they're, they don't ever give themselves time to say, where is this really coming from? If you had asked me, that question even a year ago, maybe even a couple months ago, (laughs) I think my answer would be different. But what I'm really learning right now is the art of compassion without overreaching. There's such a desire to help that I think sometimes our tentacles can, as all individuals, not just coaches, and certainly all people, our tentacles can kind of like creep outside of our field, of our bubble, and then get into other people's bubble. And it's like, but it's, it's for the good. Trust me. Oh, this is like, you're going to like it, right? But anytime we reach outside of our bubble into other people's bubble, we have encroached on their space unless we're invited in, right? And I think in coaching, we're often invited in, but even then there's boundaries, right? So to me, I 
I think that we we live via our embodiment of what's possible. Like we teach via that way. We inspire for those who want to be inspired. We work with those who want to be coached, guided further within themselves. But for those that are having their moment, I'm in a place, and I don't know if this is right or wrong. I don't know if there is a right or wrong. I'm in a place where I'm just sort of like holding where I am and letting them have their experience and then trying to embody the energy of where I'm at in that. What if that person, what if that situation, you're historically really close to that individual? Does that- where it gets tricky. (laughs) Right. Like, does it start to drive a rift between you? Because like, then it's like hard to even communicate because it's just kind of like you're just so different. And it doesn't make either one wrong in terms of where you're at in your journey, but it's like navigating that as a close relationship is really tough. It's really tough because there's that sensation of if you're doing well, then I'm doing well. You not doing well impacts me. And so in a sense, there's almost a little bit of a, not a a selfishness, but a self-awareness that we're operating under because it's impacting us a lot, whether it's relationally or just caring about them and wanting them to feel better and all of that. But even then, and I'm curious, I'll ask you both if you've ever experienced a time when anybody started to change or get curious about something before they wanted to and before they were ready. You know, it's kind of like a I don't know. I think there's a communication of what's possible, a communication if they're impacting you of of how they're impacting you kind of situation, but there's boundary setting, but in terms of their own transformation, unless it's invited in, I'm not sure what our role is there. Well, it's interesting. You brought up uh, a couple of things that came up for me in that conversation, which is holding space is a lost art, I think. Um, And as we connect that back to what we were saying about feeling, and experiencing emotions and allowing that to happen, that makes us uncomfortable. But can we question why it makes us uncomfortable? Like instead, can I reframe it for myself and say, oh, look at how beautiful they are experiencing this moment, period. That could be anger, that could be joy, that could be sadness, right? Like why can't we think of it that way? And at the same time, I will say, what if that's them feeling better? right? Like their path to feeling better is releasing the tears, is screaming in anger, right? And so we we want to help and we want to make it go away, but it doesn't really go away if you suppress it and you help them. And I think one of the things that I'm personally working on is allowing that and best I can embodying how I'm feeling at the moment being honest about it and allowing it to be whatever it is. And that's really, really uncomfortable. It absolutely is uncomfortable. And and at some points I have felt that it encroaches my peace. So when that starts to happen, I have to step away. Yeah. And you might have to do that, right? I, I was just having this conversation with a client yesterday that like that happened, but we need to reframe that situation to say, that's his, that's not mine. Not me, not mine. That's a really good back, right? And so I can hold space here and I can instead look at that situation and say, there's something more happening for that person that I can't really understand because it's for only them to understand, but I have to protect myself. But part of that is saying, 
that's theirs. It's not mine. So the awareness of that is like really pivotal. And then if you need to, you have to say to yourself, I'm going to give that back to them. Like, I'm not going to hold it. I'm not going to turn it into my own guilt, anxiety, stress, whatever that is, because we actually take whatever somebody else is experiencing and we transform it into our own emotion. And um, I think Jerry's talking about like holding space in a coaching session, just with friends, with family, like it's something that we need to practice in our lives constantly to allow this authenticity to be able to come into existence. Without fixing it. Yes. (laughs) Or feeling the need to fix it. So Grin Coach, what are you on to now? (laughs) What's the shift? What's the, if you want to share. So I am launching a business called The Now Experiment. And this is about helping people dare to live their moments and create those meaningful milestones. It's basically here to serve the people who feel like life is passing them by or they're not quite creating what they want or they don't even really know what they want. They haven't had an opportunity to tap into that. And the aspect that's sort of really mainstream, like the really tangible components of it are reclamation of your time, your energy, and your audacity. Take your time back, take your energy back so you're not constantly exhausted, and reclaim your power and your willingness and confidence in acting. Because after coaching a lot of people over the last few years, it doesn't matter what kind of planning you have in place. It doesn't matter what kind of coaching or support you have in place. If you are in overwhelm or shut down, if you haven't established a strong foundation, you don't have the time to do the work. You don't have the time to be present. You don't have the energy to show up for yourself. Then nothing's happening. Like nothing is happening on top of that. So there's sort of this fundamental reclamation of, I think, our most valuable resources. We will never get back our time. Our energy in any moment is ours to protect and to manage. And then our audacity, like our just our fire, Mm -hmm. our ability to believe in ourselves, our ability to call into existence and create and put effort and take aligned action towards what we want. These three pieces right here, I think, are the key to people being able to be more present in their being and their doing and free themselves, take their power back. Wow. Did you feel that? Feel yeah. how intense she was in that moment. I that felt was that so freaking amazing. <laughs> okay. I love it. It was so beautiful to see you in that light. I saw your spark, and that was amazing. Are you a fire sign? I have a Leo rising. It's awesome. I, I mean, the spark that we we we've been talking about. I just saw it in you, and so mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. That's incredible because I think, and back to what you were kind of saying earlier. There's this. It's kind of back to when we were a child where we could kind of imagine it's I've been thinking I'm like when's the last time I just kind of fantasized and imagined what life could be what if I wondered all of that is kind of squashed when you're taught like a structure or format formalized teaching on here's what you should think so I'm like but what if clouds could be purple they could right like what you know and just kind of explore that I love the childlike sense to reclaim what could be and I kind of paraphrased a couple of your different sayings there, but um, that's really beautiful. When does it go live? It's going live in April. And one of the first offerings is going to be a course on 
reclamation of time and also a 10 minute tutorial on how to balance your week and organize your time uh, with intentional containers. I love that. I love that. That sounds fantastic. And it feels so such a beautiful story in and of itself to hear how you've come from where you started your own business and how it constantly evolves and you're learning and growing as you explore and are curious in this world. And I love that more than anything because we all are continuing to grow and evolve, right? And what we can bring into the world can continue to grow and evolve as well. And I applaud you for continuing to explore and also bring new things into the world because it's it's an important part of it. And if we continue to just do the same thing over and over again, we kind of get stuck back in the same ladder that we were doing before. So I think that's beautiful as well. Totally. It's like um I, I almost view life as this playful journey and this experiment, right? An experiment that is a series of present moments where we're getting closer and closer to the core of who we are as individuals and also the core of who we are collectively, I'll say. But like no one has it figured out. And our co- like the, the sooner we stop expecting perfection in ourselves, And the sooner we stop expecting perfection or having it all figured out from our coaches or our leaders, there's don't even get me started on the cancel culture thing right now, but there's just this energy of almost like building people up to tear them down sometimes. And we all need constructive criticism and the ability to redirect, but like we are all students of life, every single one of us. It's just that some of us have decided to walk certain paths. And when you decide to walk down that path as well, if you find someone 10 steps ahead of you, they're going to help guide you. And if they find somebody 10 steps ahead of them, they're going to guide them. It's like our situation. You know, we're each like what, like 10 steps ahead of each other, maybe, yes. you know, and we're supporting each other. And none of us expect one another to be in this final place. So I guess I'll just say that we're all students of it. And it's so fun to be a student of life and also the paradox of being a teacher at the same time. I love what you just said about constructive feedback. And the thing that I always say is be authentic and don't harm other humans. One of the things that was constantly coming up for me that was hard in the corporate world is that I was any of the twos, the quote unquote twos, T-O-O, too direct, too this abrasive, too. And I was never unprofessional. I was never harming humans. It was just something that someone perceived as too much. So I was constantly being told be less than. And I was like, what if everybody were on this path where I'm direct toward a problem? I'm a problem solver. So it's hard for me to go in. I'm just a different personality. So one of the things that you just said that really resonated with me about meeting people, you didn't say this, but kind of meeting people where they are and being able to guide when you're a little bit further ahead, it's kind of like removing the judgment part of Mm -hmm. it. it. Rather than saying, you're to this because I'm this. No, that's not right. That doesn't feel good. It's more about, okay, let me, let me feel and see what she's trying to accomplish. Is it personal toward me? No, (laughs) like it's toward the problem. But then in all of itself, it's just, it's a, it's a much bigger question about how do we conduct reviews in the workplace, which is probably something we can go way 
off topic about. So I'll, I'll stop there as well. But how would you, so I, I love the first kickoff to your, so reclamation of time. There are so many days where I'm like, I'm on my terms, I'm on my schedule, but then the darn movie starts at 6 p.m. Help me, help me, help me understand that. How do we, how do we find that balance? In terms of I'm flowing and then, oh, there's yes. structure. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is actually something that I really get at in the intentional container video that I walk people through setting up. It's about setting these like areas, these containers of, okay, there's freedom that exists within this structure, right? So whenever you have your being, your flow containers, you show up however you want. And then there's a clear commitment, a choice, not a thing that you're told to do, but something that you choose to do because you want something for your future self, for your future now, where there's a transition into now the structure begins and we focus on these things, right? Yeah, so it's about empowering yourself to be like, I flow within these boundaries, Right. Because not because I have to, but because I choose to, because I know that if I can transition over to this more like um, structured space, I'm going to get benefit out of that as well. And it's in a way showing love for my future self. And maybe for my past self that made that decision, even though my now self (laughs) rebels against it. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Yes. Only a bit of a struggle. And I think you hit on a really important point that is a daily practice for me. And sometimes I forget about it and I'm remembering it again recently, which is I choose these things. I'm choosing how to use my time. So I get to choose like all of that, right? That I can either choose to make it this way or choose to make it a different way. And that that is my option in that moment. And so it's important for me to remember that when I feel that sense of overwhelm, okay, I can choose differently and I can make changes to that. And I think we we kind of forget our power to choose. <laughs> oh yeah, we can choose anything we want in life. It's not that we can't choose. It's just that what's on the other side of the choice makes us feel trapped. And if you're willing to feel discomfort and if you're willing to open yourself up to unknown on the other side of certain choices, you're tapping into a level of power that is really potent. (laughs) So I'm going to bring it back to my one-on-one level, meaning I choose to go to the movie. So I choose to constrain myself to that time frame, right? (laughs) So you could choose not to go. (laughs) Exactly. And then, okay. I got it. I'm get. I'm, I understand now. Okay, because I was. I was kind of thinking. I'm like, are we suggesting that time not be a thing? Because then I'm like, well, if we wanted to see a movie, how do we know when to go? Right. But that's like. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's exactly it, right? Like we choose to live in a world that has linear time because mm-hmm. it helps us organize, and that is an important aspect of this world, and. At the same time, we want to be able to be better being in this world. And so, but you, but there's, there's a need to work within both. And Jerry, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I, I know you shared so much wisdom with me in that respect too. What's coming to mind is that there are some things that are and some things that can be timeless. The way our beliefs, our energy, our intentions, these are timeless. 
and then matrixy things like I need to file my taxes and, you know, take the aligned actions that support my well-being now and in the future and what I'm creating. Like if you can marry those two parts, then you've, you've found a, a sweet spot, a balance, in, in my opinion. I think the timelessness comes from presence with all that is within you in that moment. And the time bound things comes from choosing in that moment, because the now is the only time you can actually be anyway or do anything, not the future. If you decide you're going to do something in the future, you may have intended that, but you haven't actually chosen yet until you get to that future now and you make the choice to do the thing. Uh, it's been such a pleasure with my coach and grand coach. <laughs> To revisit a little bit, a little bit of um, some memorabilia or nostalgic, rather, if you were in a sorority, I wasn't either. But I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Carrie always talking about it. Yeah. So, um, so Jerry, as we close out today's episode, which has been so incredible and so fun to talk to you a little bit more, I hadn't gotten a chance to talk with you like this yet. So it's really a pleasure. Is there anything that you'd like to share with Carrie and I, but also all of our listeners and those who are considering coaching or becoming a coach? What about this world? will you kind of leave us with? I would say in terms of coaching, having another human who is fully committed to serving you uh, in a time-bound container, feeling the safety of that, feeling the mirror of them and being guided inwards is one of the, it's hard to put, it, there's an ineffable quality to it. It is one of the most powerful things that you can give yourself, whether it's a coach or a mentor or a loved one who's showing up in that way. Um, but the difference between working with a coach is that there is an energetic exchange of investing with them such that you don't need to carry anything to balance it. You don't need to worry about supporting them. And there's just a beauty in that and being fully held and knowing you don't necessarily have to hold back in this one instance. And for anyone who's curious about this journey and the now experiment, I would recommend signing up for my newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter that you can sign up for at thenowexperiment.com. And I also invite people to follow me on Instagram. It's my name at Jerry Page, G-E-R-I-P-A-I-G-E. And if you're interested in learning about that almost initial step and even supportive step, if you've been on this journey for a while of balancing your time even more intentionally, that downloadable or uh, the video for the intentional containers can be really powerful. But remember, you choose whatever you want in life and whatever works best for you. And that's your power. Wow. Can we write that down? No, we will. <laughs> <laughs> we, this will all be in show notes. Such a pleasure. Care, would you like to share anything? No, I am just enjoying this conversation so much. And Jerry, thank you for your time today. And we look forward to seeing the now experiment in the now. The Now Experiment. Thank you both. Thank you. It's been so great. <laughs>